Welcome to episode 174 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the Dog Days of Summer edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host, and I'm back as always with my co-host, the iRacing Indy 500 champion, a computer genius, a gentleman, a scholar, and one of Jacksonville Jaguars' biggest fans. His name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, brother? Hey, I'm doing great, Phil. As always, you know, glad to be back on the show this week. Of course, uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers, my father, um, everything. So um, everybody out there, hope y'all had a good weekend and all that. And yeah, ready to get into the show. Yeah, definitely. Happy Father's Day all the fathers out there that listen to our show and to my dad up above and um, to Wyndham Clark's father since uh, his his son is now a U.S. Open champion, uh, even though all the talk was about his mother and the close relationship he had, which was awesome too. But definitely um, interesting weekend of racing, at least at Road America. Um, definitely not at Montreal. Um, IndyCar... Alex Pillow continues to show uh, the domination and talent that uh, he did two years ago when he won the championship, his third win of 2023, and has a a very uh, big points lead. Uh, Wasn't straightforward for the Ganassi driver by any stretch of the imagination. There were a few guys that were up there that gave him a battle, so we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, Formula One's probably going to take about five minutes. Because, I mean, that's really why, I mean, we should time it now. Like, that's what we should do. Like, we should we should commit now to this show where we're going to commit, like, seven and a half minutes to Formula One uh, for the rest of time, as long as this that cocksucker and that team wins. We're going to commit seven and a half minutes to Formula One so we can spend more time on other motorsport series. And this is from a guy who's NASCAR driver's tw- 32nd in points. That's how much I can't stand watching Formula One. I'm willing to cut talking about Formula One <laughs> so I can talk more NASCAR. That's how bad it is. Uh, Fishlips yeah. won again, tied Ayrton Senna for 41 wins uh, in his career, 100 wins for Red Bull. Uh, Fred Alonso and Lewis Hamilton rounded out the podium. So an interesting dynamic there with an eight-time champion, a uh, two-time champion and a one and a half time champion. Uh, it'll be it, in the record books. It'll say two and a, it'll say three, but it's two and a half uh, for fish lips. So we'll, we'll talk about that for a couple minutes uh, to give you the point standings as they head to Austria. Uh, NASCAR will spend time on mid season grades, 10 races to go in the regular season for the cup series. NBC comes back. So we get to hear slide job or slide whatever. Job, slide job. <laughs> oh, goodness. While he goes and hits, uh, hits Steve Latart in the ribs. Um, old June bug. Uh, it's kind of interesting also since, uh, Matt Weaver, it's not like it has been a secret by any stretch of the imagination, but Matt Weaver and others have come out and said that this week will be the announcement that Josh Berry will be announced as the replacement for Kevin Harvick in the four car at Stuart Haas Racing. So hopefully that's a wake up call for all the people who are not bothering to do their job there since they suck outside of the four car. Uh, we'll talk of that kind of fits what we're talking about, who has been a surprise or what has been the big key people so far this year in all three major series and who has been a disappointment and who has stunk up the show like the other three Stuart Haas racing cars. Uh, in the roundup, we'll talk about MotoGP. 
Uh, Peko Bagnaya gets beat by Jorge Martin in a great battle there. They're going to be going all the way to the end of the season. It looks like it's a Ducati benefit. If you don't like Ducati, you're not going to want to watch MotoGP the rest of the year. Uh, Moto2, we'll talk about that. Soxen Ring, and they'll be at Assen, which is one of the greatest circuits on planet Earth for motorcycles. Supercars at Hidden Valley, what a shocker. The Camaros won again. The BOP in the supercars might be worse than the WEC BOP. Indy next at Road America. We'll give you a preview of the six hours at the Glen, one of the greatest races in sports car racing. IMSA, all the IMSA teams that went off to Le Mans and have been off for a while will be coming back. Uh, some of the ones that didn't run at Detroit, or they didn't run at Detroit either this year. Uh, we'll get to Rally Kenya for the WRC. Formula E will be racing here in the U.S. in the Northwest, uh, where um, Fred Armisen's from in Portland. And uh, F1 Academy in Zanfort in front of 12 people. We will uh, preview Cup and Xfinity at Nashville, or Cup Xfinity and Trucks at Nashville. Uh, I was mistaken last week uh, with what I said in the preview or her review. And then uh, Josh will tell us all things iRacing and gaming since F123 is also coming out in his sim segment and uh, close the deal. So yeah, let's go with this. Um, and thanks again to Tommy Kendall. Uh, we had a great time last week. If you didn't listen to that episode, please do. Uh, Might have been one of the best episodes, if not the best episode we've done of this show. And we were in this, we're now in our fourth year of doing it. So 90 minutes with a, a motorsports legend, you can't really go wrong. And the amount of topics we talked about and the amount of inside information that Tommy gave us probably hasn't said it very on mainstream media. So definitely want to listen to that. Um and even gave and even gave marriage advice too. Yes, yep. investment advice and marriage advice. So um, loads of information. Definitely. Uh, speaking of information, and somebody who's bringing the heat at all times, his name is Alex Pillow. Um, absolute uh, wonderkind. Uh, his I, his whole entire family like defies aging because his dad looks just as young as he does. So I think he's 14 and his dad's like 18 or some crap. I don't know how they do that in Spain. It must be the water. Um, absolutely uh, great, uh, great job by him late in the race to go and get his third win of 2023. His second win at Road America in three years uh, takes a 74 point lead in a mid Ohio here in a couple weeks time alex Pillow, the winner of the san Sio grand prix at road america over joseph newgarden the indianapolis 500 champion pato award who started second in the race but definitely wasn't up front the whole day scott dixon from 23rd finished fourth which just speaks to scott dixon being who he is colton herda from pole finished fifth marcus erickson christian lungard in a car that looked like the GoDaddy car um scott mclaughlin from 18th kyle kirkwood and alexander rossi rounding out the top 10 uh everybody sands the final four cars in the race were uh, on the on the lead lap but get into some of those people a little later but yeah alex polo had to pass had to pass colton herda with what seven laps to go six laps to go and on fuel mile, it was a fuel mileage situation there. Colton Herta pitted one lap earlier than a lot of the other guys that ended up passing him. And that played a big part in what 
ended up costing Herta, who had dominated the weekend, qualified on pole, and um, it looked pretty straightforward for him. But unfortunately, as is the case usually with Colton Herta, it never really is, even with all the pace that he had. Um, four cautions in the race, which is very unusual for uh, IndyCar. Uh, the, uh, initially, it was with the first caution was caused by Kyle Kirkwood when he hit uh, Pato Award, uh, spun out and stalled his uh, number 27 Andretti Autosport car. Then uh, the second caution was another 11 laps later. They had uh, Roman Grosjean, who was kind of going into the way that he used to be in Formula One, which is pushing too hard and crashing a lot, because I think he spent more time off track than he did on track yesterday. Um it's a good thing he's employed by Lamborghini because I'm not so sure if he's going to be employed by Andretti Autosport at the end of this year. Um, the third caution, they had two cautions basically back-to-back, which made the race pretty god-awful. Um, that's uh, Jack Harvey, another guy that's not going to have a job next year. And then uh, he went off the track, went off, and went and that was on a restart on the restart from the previous caution, went off the track on the left side, slid off, went through the sand trap and hit the fence. And then the last caution was David Malukas, who had had a great weekend going until race day itself and um, went off the track and fell out of the race. A big, uh, after last year when he showed a lot of talent and ability, this year has definitely been a, a, a sophomore slump for him. Granted, his teammate has is god awful, so that probably doesn't help when you had uh, Takuma Sato uh, instead at in that car, who's a veteran who's been through everything, and now um, have a rookie, raw rookie who probably is is only there because of money. Um, that's going to hurt your cause. But we had uh, Alex Pillow there. He was up front most of the day, kind of pushing Colton Herta. And we can make the argument that his pushing of Colton Herta, even in save mode, even though Colton Herta said that he wasn't really going at 100%, they went and blinked first. And that going first was the reason why he lost the race. And Alex Pillow right now has a 74-point lead in the championship with nine races to go. Not guaranteed by any stretch of the imagination, but my goodness, that is a huge points lead, especially in this format. It's an it's a race and a half lead in the IndyCar point standings. And I mean, yes, he's not exactly the greatest on ovals. There are a few ovals coming up here. I think three oval races uh, left in the season, but Alex Pillow proving once again, and maybe uh, there's a possibility that they can repair the relationship and uh, Kanassi keeps him, which could, you know, th- keep Felix Rosenquist in a job. But who knows what's going to happen with that? Talk about him going to, you know, McLaren or or to Alpha Tori or somewhere like that. He looks like that kind of guy that could go to in, in Formula One and actually compete. Um, there are guys in this series uh, that are probably not too long for it. You can make an argument even for Logan Sargent, but because he drives for Williams, it's probably going to get a little bit of a pass. And because they run like four Grand Prix in America or whatever it is, but Alex Pillow at a different level right now, Josh, and for Joseph Newgarden, for Scott Dixon, for whoever is trying to to stay with him in points, for Marcus Erickson, 
they have a lot of work to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have a lot of work to do, and Pelot's, you know, slowly going going on a tear here, and, you know, he's just been very dominant to start off this season here in IndyCar, and, you know, I, you talk about his repairing his relationship with Ganassi and, you know, potentially continuing on with them uh, here in IndyCar. Well, obviously, he's still contracted with McLaren over in F1 as the reserve driver and certainly have to consider that aspect as well and you know there's another guy who drove for Chip Ganassi back in the day in IndyCar and dominated on his way to a championship and then eventually went on to F1 Juan Montoya so potentially here uh you know this is a a path that we we could see uh, um, in the future. Obviously, he doesn't have a Indy 500 like uh, Juan Montoya did back in 2000 before going on to drive for Williams F1. But the opportunity is there uh, as he's already a test driver, and you know maybe he ends up just doing that, going to F1 um, somehow with uh, with McLaren or another team uh, if if possible so um that's something to keep in mind i think um going forward uh but yeah he's been been so dominant to start start the year you know he, he had yeah polo had a, a championship but not the indy 500 so um yeah one one matoya yeah you're good no one matoya he had the championship in 99 and then the indy 500 in 2000 um so there's that but not a big deal there they still both of them very capable uh, drivers there. Uh, so, you know, I think, uh, for, you know, for Alex, like that's what you have to look out for, you know, going forward now. Um, can he, you know, when this title was already got a 74 point lead. So it's definitely uh, a huge possibility now. And, um, you know, the other guys like new garden won the, the 500, but still has a lot of ground to make up, uh, for, you know, this season, uh, in comparison to Pelot. And there's still, still a ton of time left, you know, obviously, um, New Garden, um, you know, if he has the same car that he had last year at Iowa, he can easily make that one up. All he has to do is not crash uh, at the second race like he did last year. So that's um, another possibility because that's effectively a double points race if you consider that one race weekend broken up into two small races. So that's uh, something to consider there. And, um, you know, Pelot's not really that good at ovals. Uh, the short, I think he's got big ovals, but you know, short ovals, um, think maybe still has a little bit left, uh, in the tank there. Um, and know if he's as good there as uh, new garden, but that's, you know, kind of forward outlook there, I guess. But yeah, as this race itself, um, you know, you talked about Paloa. I mean, that's another thing of his ability being able to just pressure drivers and into, you know, making, making them. Uh, make mistakes or you know force force them into position that they don't want to be in and you know that's certainly position when you're the leader of the race and you're trying to save fuel and you're being pressed by the uh, guy behind you um, you know you end up using more fuel driving harder to be able to um, keep in front below has the draft plus repave uh, the, you know this year with road america and i think you know that allows you to keep up easier because you know you don't have to worry about um the worn out racetrack bumps um and things like that so um definitely allows them to keep up closer and you know i think Pelo, you know just able to um pressure him and stalk him into making um an error in fuel saving and um you know uh colton herda ends up not winning the race um and you know hasn't won a race in a while so uh definitely you know think you know herda 
missed an opportunity there. Um, uh, you know, having to save more fuel uh, at the end and everything. So, um, yeah, this is definitely a really interesting race. You know, of course, we had the pre-race drama with Will Power and Scott Dixon and Roman Grosjean, which was pretty entertaining. And yeah, the most the most animated that we've seen Will Power since uh, probably Double Birds back in 2011 in New Hampshire. So. You know, that was uh, definitely interesting to see. And then they patched it up the next day on, on the grid uh, there. And then, of course, saying that Roman Grosjean needs to be punched uh, in the face and he's a piece of crap. So <laughs> that was a pretty interesting comment there from Will Power. But, yeah, this was a pretty interesting race you know, overall with uh, the Indy cars. Um, always a great track at Road America. And, you know, I think the new dynamic with um, the – you know, with the repave definitely made for some, you know, more interesting racing, especially, um, you know, with uh, how repaves we've seen in the past repaves, sometimes clean air takes a bigger effect. But I think the strategy also came into play here. And that's uh, always what's what makes racing interesting. Yeah, Joseph Newgarden mentioned how the Penske team or his particular team uh, struggled with the smoother racetrack, which of course first time repaved for for Road America since 1995. Uh, of course, Ganassi didn't have as big of an issue getting all their cars, three of their cars, in the top ten. Armstrong uh, almost caused a bit of an issue there late, but he said he saw the car and knew everything. He had a really fast race car and was up there early in the race. Um, in the grand scheme of things, Ganassi right now is a bit ahead. Um, you wonder if, if Dixon was able to actually qualify, will powers able to qualify what could have happened with the race for those two guys. Um, unfortunately that's not what happened, but mid Ohio, of course, is one of, uh, many racetracks that Scott Dixon is great at. Uh, we'll talk about it next week, uh, to see who we think is going to go out there and win. It's definitely a time now where if the, you haven't won this season, you're right smack dab in the middle of the season. It's a very busy month of July. You're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a permanent road course, temporary road course, two ovals, two oval races. So uh, it's you're right in the heart, right in the meat of the schedule now. Uh, if you don't come good here in the next probably month and a half, where you're gonna have six races. Uh, you're not going to win the championship. And um, so it's, it's it's an interesting dynamic right now, but Alex Pillow is really effing good. And um, I, I mean, if any of these stupid idiots who are in Formula One, they run their, uh, they run these teams, they should be looking at him because that, that guy can drive. Uh, he proved it in Super Formula to be an out, be a non-Japanese driver in Super Formula and to be able to compete for a championship. I think that also speaks to his viability as well. Uh, right now, 74-point lead on his Pillow has on his teammate Marcus Erickson. Erickson is seven points ahead of Joseph Newgarden, the two guys that battle for the Indy 500. Pato Award and Scott Dixon tied for or tied fourth and fifth. Uh, Scott Dixon said he's going to wait till later this season to use his uh, salvo on um, on Pato Award for what happened in Long Beach. Scott McLaughlin is in sixth. Uh, he's twenty seven points behind Dixon and Award, three points ahead of Alexander Rossi, nine ahead of Will Power, and 
what is that 16 ahead of Colton Herta? That's really where we're at. Uh, I think anybody outside of those guys is probably done. Kirkwood, Lungard, Rosenquist are all pretty tight together. Was it six points between those guys? And Roman Grosjean is 14 points out of 10th, but he's very inconsistent. So I think right now, I mean, for the championship, it's going to be hard for some of those guys, I think, outside of Scott Dixon, because he's still within 100 points. Uh, If you're outside of 100 points, it's kind of been proven over time that you're not going to really make that up uh, unless you go on an absolute heater in 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 the summer and that or in in a a key time during the season which to be fair that's where they're at uh starting with mid-ohio but we will definitely talk about that next week on the gsp uh, in episode 175 leading into uh july the fourth weekend and um everything that's going on there all right canadian grand prix let's try let's go and get the timer out uh let me go yeah so uh, because my watch is on the on the uh, on the uh, charger, I can actually go. Let me go and get this. This is actually good content right here, people, where we're getting our stopwatches out. So because of how this is how interesting Formula One is when you're make you're trying to find stopwatches because of how great the competition is for all the assholes that cried wolf when Lewis was dominating. He didn't dominate this much last time I checked. His teammate actually won races too. Um, You know, that was also a thing. Instead of being a a shithole that goes and spits out drivers. um, Yeah, all right. right. I've got my timer. So you're you're ready to do it? I'm just going to go and bring up the results quickly. And all right, three, two, one, go. So for stopping one by just under 10 seconds, it could have been even more, but they threw a full safety car. Yeah, it's there earlier in the race where he jumped. He went. It was a, a local or what do you call a, a not a local yellow. Whatever. Uh, what do they call that shit when they do the um the virtual the, safety the car? Virtual safety car. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So they did a VSC for Logan Sargent's blown engine, and then they eventually made it a full safety car where um Max Verstappen went and gained too much of an advantage, but of course they didn't call it. Uh, he was over five and a half seconds ahead at that point. And that was on Lewis. Lewis ended up getting passed by Alonzo. Hamilton tried to get back at Alonzo later in the race, but the Aston Martin with their upgrades uh, ended up uh, being faster. The Ferraris, of course, did Ferrari things in qualifying, had to battle back to finish fourth and fifth. Sergio Perez missed Q3 again. Uh, battled back to sixth. Alexander Albon for Williams with their new upgrade package in a seventh. Esteban Ocon, Lance Stroll, and Valtteri Botas uh, rounded out the top ten. Uh, George Russell had a tank slapper after going over one of the curbs, uh, one of the uh, the last chicane there, or next last chicane on the one side of the track. Crashed the car, somehow or another was able to drive it, and then they eventually told him to park it. Um, mentioned Logan Sargent there. Other than that, Nothing great significance. McLaren did qualify in the top 10, but then weren't able to make anything happen in the race. The point standings, we know that Fish Lips is going to win the world championship. Uh, versus Perez is nine points ahead of Fernando Alonso for second in the world championship, 24 ahead of Lewis Hamilton. So that's something we'll keep an eye on. Um, signs Russell, Leclerc separated by 14 points for fifth. 
So that's also something we'll check out. The midfield battle, of course, is much closer. In constructors, Mercedes is up by 13 points, largely because Fernando Alonso drives by himself. Uh, don't tell Orange Stroll that. Um, even though George Russell on a, a lie detector said he's faster than Lewis Hamilton, um, that's not been the case this year. Um, and then Ferrari way back and forth. Uh, Alpine is out in their own island in fifth. McLaren is up by eight points on Alpha, nine on Haas, and ten on Williams, who's now jumped Alpha Tori by five points. So that's big for the Williams team uh, as we move on to Austria. Okay, great. Um, let's move on to NASCAR here. I don't know how long that was, but well, that was probably... we have four minutes and 15 seconds counting down, so well, yeah, that, that was me. Time. That was That was me kind of stumbling on what I wanted to say initially, too, so it could have been quicker, but... Oh, yeah. Well, no, it's like, um, you remember uh, ESPN, the fastest two minutes? Uh, yeah. Maybe the fastest three and a half minutes. Ba-dum-bum-bum-bum. Yeah. Dun-dun, dun-dun. Yeah, with, with uh, Chris, Chris Berman. Berman. And all of his, his his nicknames and crap. Yeah, that is true. That's a good one. Good way. We're going to have to do that for the rest of the season with Formula One for sure because there really isn't a whole hell of a lot to talk about. All right, so let's go backwards from trucks to cup because obviously we're going to go and talk about all of them here later on. Uh, truck series has definitely not been all that exciting. I mean, really, is it going to be uh, when you have all these people that, really are ride buyers and they suck. Um, but you know, you got to take for what it is. The truck series right now, we're at, uh, how many races into the season right now? Out of curiosity, I should bring it up on racing reference because they own racing reference now. We're at 12 races and 12 races. Yeah. 12 and a, yeah. Okay. Thank you. And so the, yeah, so 12, 13, they're in their 13th race going in, uh, 13, 14, 15. Pocono is the cutoff, I believe, and then Erno. I think Richmond's the cutoff. There you go. So they got one, two, three, four, five races to, four races to go, sorry, uh, in the regular season, and then they'll be uh, starting their playoff in August at IRP, Milwaukee, Kansas, then Bristol, Talladega, Homestead, and, of course, the final for whatever reason, at Phoenix for nobody that really likes racing. Um, I'll start here uh, with uh, people that have been uh, a surprise or people that have actually done that or something that stood out to me. I think Christian Eckes, after getting, he's been canned by Kyle Busch Motorsports. He got let go by Thor Sport for uh, Miss Hummer 2.0. the fact of the matter is, for him to land on his feet with the McAnally Hilgeman team, they haven't really been known for having a lot of speed. Kraus has got quite a reputation, but he's gone out there, won two races, kind of showing the talent that people thought he had and won an ARCA championship and all that stuff. So right now, he's one of the top guys. He's one of three drivers with two wins this season. I look at him, and I also look at Corey Heim. Granted, he's one of Toyota's top prospects right now, but moving to the, uh, what are they, um, the Tricon team, Tricon Garage, a.k.a. Gilland Gray Racing, to that, with that organization after the Toyota 
money moved from Kyle Busch. Not so sure how they were going to show up, how they were going to be able to perform, but they definitely have, and he is definitely a favorite. Granted, he did miss the last race with an illness. Not sure what uh, what's coming from that, if he's all right to go and race this weekend. We still don't know that for sure. He's on the entry list for this Friday. But I think those are two guys that have definitely been uh, nice surprises in uh, the season. I think also in terms of really being a, a true surprise, because you know that Eck has had talent, Corey Heim has talent, and they've been out there and people know their names. Uh, Tanner Gray has definitely been a surprise this year. He's in the top 10 in points. He's in contention to make the playoff right now. Uh, three, four, five, six, a seven, eight, seven, eight. Yeah, he's ninth in, in the playoff points right now and ninth overall. And Matt DiBurrito's behind him. And DiBurrito's run, I don't know how many cup races, albeit a lesser organization, but um gray the former pro stock champion in nhra of course the gray family made their name initially in drag racing his dad his grandfather but they've moved over to nascar his younger brother considered the better talent of course always has run ovals um he's um he's only run nine races this year because he had to miss the first few races of the year um, due to not being 18 years old but I think those are three names that kind of stand out in terms of the good category. Uh, Josh, uh, is there anybody else you would like to talk about? Or well, I mean, I think you know the Nick Sanchez. You know, he's been he's been. I mean, he's on the top ten, and he hasn't had a, a win yet. But he's led a handful of laps this year, and he's had five top tens and a top uh, five and two poles. So he's been doing pretty good, I think, for a rookie in the truck series this year. So um, I would say he's been pretty good. You also give a shout-out to Jake Garcia, even though he hasn't um, – he's had one last race or less race, uh, and he has the same amount of top tens and top fives as uh, Nick Sanchez. So I think those two guys have been uh, pretty interesting uh, surprises there that are outside the top ten um, who haven't really had, uh, you know, too much uh to show for um in terms of top tens um but yeah i i think those two guys um who are kind of dark horses um that have been quietly quietly good but they just need more consistency yeah definitely makes sense those two guys have been really good and right now the squeeze is on if they can get a win then more than likely they're going to make it in uh points are not theoretically in their favor especially for garcia um, Nick Sanchez could point his way in. He's only 11 points behind D burrito, 17 behind, uh, Tanner gray. Uh, I'm looking on reference, so I don't have the, um, points for sure there. I'm trying to go and look at where, yeah, there you go. The owner, the driver points, bring that up uh, right now. You know, Nick Sanchez has two stage wins as well. So, I mean, there's, he's 18 points out of ninth. Um, oh, well, no, not 18 points out of nine. That's overall. Um, or maybe, wait, they say maybe they haven't updated it. Okay. Um, you got this one, four, one, six winners, seven, eight, nine, ten. It says, yeah, it says, uh, so I got that wrong there. Uh, my fault. Grafton, Friesen, D Burrito are your top 10. Tanner Gray fell out of the top 10. Nick Sanchez is in 12th. So right now, 
Uh, Nick Sanchez, 18 points out of ninth, uh, which is Stuart Friesen. Thank you, Racing Reference, once again coming through. Uh, yeah, those are definitely, I do agree, Josh, with Josh's uh, two uh, surprise guys, both rookies. Definitely a lot of talent when you consider that Kyle Busch Motorsports has basically demoted themselves into having shitty ride buyers uh, in, in Purdy and all the other crap that drives a 51 when it isn't Kyle Busch or a cup driver. Having Nick Sanchez, a defending ARCA champion in there, uh, I think they need to be emphasizing getting him across the across the line there to get him into the playoff uh, for sure. I think disappointments, I would say that to a point, Stuart Friesen has been a disappointment this year. He's a guy that's been in the Final Four before, somebody who's considered a, a contender uh, generally. I think that's one, but he's in the he's in the playoffs right now uh, with a few races to go in the regular season. You got short tracks coming up. He's been good on the cookie cutters. Possibly could make something happen there. I think the other person that's been a disappointment uh, so far this year, because there's not that many other people that have run every race, I think it's been Haley Deegan. You consider she's driving for Thor Sport Racing. All three of her teammates are in the top 10. Uh, Ty Majeski has basically been right there to win a race. He hasn't won one yet. He's only a point out of the overall points lead. Uh, he wrecked with Zane Smith trying to win the race at Gateway. Um, so he's, I mean, an overall points, second, fifth, and Crafton is Crafton. He's been around for 900 years. He's eighth in points, and Haley Deegan 17th. I mean, when is she going to actually show what she's, if everyone says she's as talented as everyone talks about, I mean, I know she's talented at knob gobbling, but is she really going to go and drive a damn race car instead of running over somebody? Can she actually drive it? The trucks, granted, she drove that one Xfinity race with Stuart Haas equipment out Vegas and did pretty well. Um, is it that she needs more horsepower? I don't know what the deal is with her. Uh, they need to figure something out with that. Uh, I don't know how many years now it's been in the truck series and she's never really done anything. Uh, it kind of just seems like Miss Hummer 2.0, which, I mean, that's what she is. Uh, she just hasn't started to go into conspiracy theories and alien talk or whatever, like she, Miss Hummer does on her shitty podcast, even though Sky, Sky Sports, for whatever reason, employs that cunt. But whatever. Uh, we'll go to Xfinity now, um, next for the, uh, whatever their their season so far 14 races into the the uh, regular season go and bring up the driver points here josh uh you go first uh let us know where what you're thinking who are some of the people that have stood out to you as uh some of the best and i'll chime in with the surprises because we got 11 races to go in their regular season uh here yeah i mean i think you know for me i'm the two guys well, that I think I'm pretty, uh, you know, surprised or not surprised by, but, you know, impressed by their performance so far to start the year. I mean, I, I think, you know, first you have to give a hats off to Austin Hill. They've is him and his team 2021, 20, you know, for the, um, RCR, which hasn't been that strong in recent memory in Xfinity series, obviously, uh, you know, they have the two wins at the restrictor plate tracks, Daytona and now Atlanta, right? But they also have that win, early win at Las Vegas. Um, and they've, you know, they're kind of riding a little bit on those on those wins. But in the last, you know, 
couple of races, uh, or last four or five races, they've been on a better hot streak. You know, they were in between that Atlanta win and uh, Dover. They had some pretty bad results, but um, they, you know, they still they still have been doing the twenty one team been doing pretty good. And um, I, you know, they I think they could be a a good shot for the regular season title uh, alongside John Hunter and Emichek there. Um, I think you know another another guy for me is um chandler smith you know as a rookie in this series i think you know he's been really good uh in the 16 uh to start off the year um you know has one win at richmond this year and you know he did did pretty well there uh so um i think he could be an outside shot to make it into the final four if uh things go right so yeah i i think those two guys um i think They've been pretty good to start the year. So, um, and Sammy Smith too. Um, he hasn't, you know, he's been pretty good as a driver as well. So, got got his first win at Phoenix uh, back first the fourth race of the year. So, um, he's been uh, exceptional so far as well. So, I think you know those first you know two three drivers that I think stood out um, you know from the field you know, this year in the Xfinity series. Yeah, and Sammy Smith coming in, uh, he was showing his speed last year at times. Of course, brings all the monies. He's just a way more talented version of Michael Annette because basically, same must be the connection is close in some way, shape, or form because he's got all the same sponsors Michael Annette had for all those years. Um, he's been able to win a lot in the lower series, so now he's won an Xfinity. Um, knowing that John Hunter Nemechek, we don't know what is going to happen with him uh, next year, but uh, Sammy Smith, I think, is a prospect to be moved forward um, in through into the Cup Series largely because of money initially, but I think he has a talent to compete there. Um, same is for John Hunter, but we've kind of known that. Uh, you talk about Austin Hill, and he's he should be in the three car, and they should renumber it the 31 if they were smart, but course richard childress is going to harbor his useless grandson the same way as people seem to harbor his other useless grandson to drive around in 30th every week for god knows how many years he's been in the cup series i think some other people that i would look at um that have made a a made progress this year i'll 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 focus on two or the west coast guys riley herb started the year well but uh, it hasn't really gone well for a while since. Uh, he's never really been known to be an amazing talent. I don't think he's going anywhere uh, similar to his lost fellow extreme monster energy uh, driver in, in Haley Deegan. Uh, and then the other one I would say is Sheldon Creed. Yeah, he has to win a race here in the next 12 races. I don't know how he hasn't won a race. I mean, granted, Parker Kligerman cleaned him out at uh, Portland or else he might have won there. Um, He needs to win. Um, Austin Hill is showing that RCR has the equipment. He's a guy that in his second year in series usually is a championship contender. Granted, he just wants to make the top 12 and he probably is going to, but winning a race, maybe getting a couple of wins here in this last 12 races prior to their playoff is the momentum he needs to possibly compete for a championship against those big those top two guys and then you know Justin Allgaier who the wily veteran who's been around for 800 years um, in junior motorsports 
and stuff. And I, I that'll go into the disappointment car- category. Junior Motorsports has definitely underperformed this year, um, which is surprising to me. You had three of the four drivers in the championship last year, and you had a lot of speed across the entire organization. Um, granted, you had gags in there with uh, what's-his-face at crew chief in the nine car, and then you had Allgaier with uh, his old crew chief there. They had different crew chief set up, so maybe that's part of the problem. Uh, maybe they're spread a little too thin. I'm not sure about that, but I don't know why, you know, Barry was winning races. He had wins already this year, or about last year at this point. The nine car was winning a lot. Him and Keebler Gibbs were getting into it. Um, of course, Gregson gets into it with anything that walks. Um, and then Allgaier, too. And Mayer, to be honest, even as a rookie, seemed to have more speed than he does this year. Yep. And so I think they stand out to me. I mean, Josh, you agree. Um, the other one I have to say is um, is with um, college racing. And I think the uh, being spread thin in terms of having the two cup teams and they're not exactly setting the world on fire in cup anyway. Um, AJ Almanier doesn't seem to be anywhere near as happy as he was last year. Uh, they're not really running amazing. And uh, on the Xfinity side, yes, Chandler Smith took over that ride that AJ Allmendinger was in, and he's done pretty solid, and he's had his moments, but Chandler Smith, of course, is kind of another guy who's got a lot of aggro going, and he's liable to get himself into some stuff. But you look at his teammates, um, and you have Daniel Hemrick, who's barely holding on. I mean, that's two years in a row now after winning a champ, getting moving over Gumby Sindrick to win a championship, and he's basically been a non-factor uh similar to what he was when he was in an rcr cup car uh and then right now they only have the two full-time regulars and then they have that star quote star car and generally speaking the i mean i think they have two wins uh i I might be off i know that aj elmendinger won one race uh for them uh at at coda but then i'm trying to think who else has won uh, was it Larson? Oh yeah, Larson won in the seventeen Larson car, as yeah. in the seven, as in the ten car at Darlington. Oh, Larson also won yeah. in the ten car. Um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so there you go. So they have two wins with the star car, but then with the two cup guys, um, the eleven really hasn't had any pace all year, and um, yeah. So I mean, they're they've been a disappointment for sure. I, I think I'd also say that. Uh, the 48 car with Parker Kligerman, it kind of proves why he didn't have a full-time ride. Um, and also the, that that team with Big Machine Racing, when they had the cup guys in there, they seemed to win or they seemed to really compete up front weekly. But when they commit to a one driver, uh, it doesn't seem like they're able to get that same kind of performance on a week-in, week-out basis. I don't think that Kligerman by any means is worse than Jade Buford. But then Jade Buford was a road course veteran, not a oval guy. Kligerman competed for an ARCA championship years ago, was a Penske development driver, has won on super speedways, has won for different teams. Uh, I think they've been a bit of a disappointment, but who knows? They can make the playoff and go and do something. Uh, 12 races to go, so plenty of time uh, to make things happen. The point standings are in his favor at the moment. He's got nine points on Bruckshot Jones, 
Um, Jeb Burton is also going to make the playoffs. So what is it? Four, five, six, seven. So then eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. So actually Herbst is the bump spot. So actually Kligerman is 27 points out. So that's actually, yeah, that makes it worse uh, for him. All right, let's get into the cup series next. Uh, definitely a lot more uh, data and time to work with 10 races to go um, to go for them in their uh, regular season. And uh, I don't know why I brought up that the driver point standings at the moment, and we can look at it in that way. I'll, I'll go and say, I mean, the people that have stood out that it's obvious, it kind of brings back what it had been with the gen six car um, is Hendrick and, and Gibbs. You look at the points, overall point standings. It's a Gibbs car in first and a Hendrick car in second. Uh, you have, in terms of the Gibbs organization, they have four wins with their three regular drivers, veteran drivers. With Hendrick Motorsports, you have uh, five and trying to look. Yeah, they have five wins. You had two guys that have missed time this year due to various injuries. So there are two guys that have run the whole season, have won five races. Byron is second. Larson is 10th, but you don't have to be consistent, uber consistent right now. This format is more emphasized on going and getting wins and getting playoff points. And that's where, you know, Larson dominated in 21 on his way to his championship, but he knows that he doesn't have to do that to go and win this one. Um, I think a pleasant surprise. I mean, Martin Truex, after having a winless season last year and not even making the playoff, and Ryan Blaney, who broke his long winless streak with a dominant performance at the Coca-Cola 600 at a time where Ford is basically by far the worst manufacturer out of the three and um, well behind. The only other Ford winner this year other than Ryan Blaney has been Joey Logano, but then it's Joey Logano. Um, there's a reason why now he's a two-time Cup Series champion and he's been the leader of the Penske organization since uh, uh, Brad moved on. But Ryan Blaney... With that performance, that's probably the best performance of his career in a, in NASCAR, I think, in general. And so he's somebody that can be a factor this year. And the points also prove it. He's only 24 points out of the overall lead. Uh, he needs more playoff points and stage wins and stuff. Um, those are some of the P that's, those are a couple of people. I mean, other surprises, I would say, I would say the RFK organization yep. definitely with the progress they've made christopher busher and um brad keselowski last year they were out to lunch a lot of the year um but now they seem to be contenders at a lot of different racetracks road courses are definitely chris busher was never really known as a big time road racer but he's become one in this car um brad looks like he has pace again it's not to the same level as he was at his at his uh peak times at Penske but he looks like a he looks like somebody that could win again which is something that didn't seem to be the case last year of course they got nailed with penalties which I find interesting that the Ford team seemed to get nailed with these big penalties a lot more than the other manufacturers but that's beside the point um 
you know, I mean, 2311 right now is both of their cars in the in the championship at the moment. So, I mean, Bubba Wallace had a rough start to the year, and uh, he's picked it up recently. And, you know, for people that hate him for whatever reason, you can go and eat one because he's probably going to make the playoffs. So cry yourself to sleep or shoot yourself. Just do us all a favor and get a go away. Um, yeah, Reddick is inconsistent this year, but... Uh, when he's been fast and he's been up there, he's he's a factor, which is why, you know, Junior Motorsport, why Brad Keselowski hired him for a truck, why Junior Motorsports hired him, why RCR hired him. Then RCR realized that he had a he had, a, he had balls and um, got rid of him. He just got really lucky that Kyle Busch couldn't find a sponsor. And uh, <laughs> that's the reason why he got bailed out. Uh, I think that's the number one, like, surprise with how quickly it's been um it's come together granted it's the whole entire team that uh, tyler reddick had for the last few years so they were a really good organization they were winning races late last year they won on an oval they won a bunch of road races but kyle bush in his second race third overall race but second points race winning in the eight car and uh winning three times so far this year uh, big time surprise now will it go the same way as it did in 2008 i mean he was leading the points going into the the chase in 2008 and then they had an epic uh meltdown in the playoffs i mean the 20 car was already melting down because tony was leaving and he didn't want to drive a toyota but the gibbs team just basically went to went into the shitter will rcr will that eight car compete um in the playoffs that's something we have to look at oh Richard um, is definitely a surprise because he broke a long losing streak by winning the Daytona 500. Um, and he's and, and they've been finally good. Yeah, that's it's that's exactly the point. I was, I mean, that's the best that team has looked. Uh, JTG Doherty since I think Marcus Ambrose drove for him. Honest to God, or when Marcus Ambrose was there, they would do this kind of stuff. Even when AJ Allmendinger was there, they would. Like he would do it at the road courses, you do it at Martinsville and short tracks, but they really wouldn't do it anywhere else. And they've never been much of an organization outside of super speedways, the occasional short track and road courses. Yep. But this year they actually look really, really good. Now, of course, I think he's back with um he's back with Mike Kelly again. And all of his best work, uh, oh, Richard's best work over his entire stock car career has been with Mike Kelly as his crew chief. So I guess that worked out that way. Those are two that really stand out. I mean, I think the this this is where I'll, you know, obviously, I don't know. Do you have anybody else that I missed in either of those categories, Josh? Well, I mean, I, I think with William Byron, I mean, I, I think nobody thought that he would sustain his uh, level of success. And, um, you know, last year he had two wins and then fell off the face of the earth uh, until the playoffs. And this year... Um, still, still in it. He's second in the points standing. So, um, you know, he's definitely up there and he's proven everybody wrong. Um, somehow Denny Hamlin called it right at the beginning of the year on his show. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a little bit surprised by that. Uh, cause I would have thought that he would have been better or not as good. Um, I mean, obviously, I uh, think, think a little surprised that, um, Martin Truex, like you said, being better than what he was last year. Um, 
um, yeah, and the RFK guys, uh, they haven't won yet, but I think at some point, I mean, they did win last year with Chris Buescher, but I think the summer is a good time where um, teams that haven't won um, have a chance, um, you know, things happen during the summer and they'll make it into the playoffs somehow. So um, I think especially for Brad Keselowski at the very least, you have Daytona uh, coming up in August, at the end of August where he could possibly steal a win if he doesn't have one already to make it into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you covered all the teams there, but yeah, I, I think all, all the guys you mentioned, I yeah fully agree with as uh, teams that have been either good or, you know, fairly surprising to start the year. And I think that goes and leads into the out the category of disappointments. Um, and I mean, bringing up William Byron, more detail on that. Definitely true guy is, uh, been a prospect for many years, wherever you want to do, take it or leave it guy has the personality of cardboard, just like Clyde, but, um, and his daddy is involved with the university. That's probably one of the scummiest universities in this whole entire country. But fact of the matter is the guy can drive a race car and, um, he bangs Ryan Blaney's younger sister. So, or. Actually, no, I think Ryan's the youngest of the three. I don't know. I have to, I think that he's either the middle or the younger one, but whatever. He's getting um, his sister. That's all that matters. Yeah. He's, he's, he's nailing, he's nailing Ryan Blaney's sister. So, uh, and then Cale Conley got lucky and nailed the older one. Uh, that's the only redeeming quality he has. Um, but the disappointment category, uh, is wide open here. I mean, I talked about the eight car for RCR. Well, his teammate is 28th in points. And let's be clear here. There's been two massive penalties on uh, Eric Jones and Chase Briscoe. So he's really 30th in points. Um, he now has been passed by Clyde and Clyde has missed eight races. Uh, Austin Dillon has been a God awful this year. Um, but it's not like it's that shocking. I mean, he's not really that great of a driver. He's never really been much of anything. Uh, he was outperformed last year by by um, Tyler Reddick, and I think that might have been part of the reason why, other than, of course, political views and stuff. But um, Austin Dillon has been an absolute waste. I mean, yes, they had to make a crew chief change because Justin Alexander had to get off, wanted to get off the road, and basically all the work that... Uh, uh, Austin Dillon's done in his career, at least in the cup level, was with Justin Alexander, so maybe that's part of it. But to be that far off and not even be in the same zip code as your teammate, granted, one of the greatest drivers in the last 20 years, but that's that's pretty bad. Uh, I would also uh, reference, I mean, I think the, I mean, it kind of brings up, I brought up Eric Jones. Noah Gagson uh, missed uh, Sonoma, but he's been pretty terrible. The Legacy Motor Club, a.k.a. Petty, GMS, a.k.a. whatever, however many name changes there's been, that team has been ter been terrible. Um, the last year, they, they were factors at times with Eric Jones. Uh, they did win the Southern 500. Eric Jones had a chance to win more than one race last year. They haven't been a factor to do anything. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, every race he's been in, he's crashed or had some sort of issue. Um, I mean, it, they did make the announcement they're going to Toyota next year. So that's a, um interesting dynamic. 
being a third major organization, first outside organization, really, because everything has been Gibbs-centric. So this is the first non-Gibbs organization that will be with Toyota, how that will all work out. But they've been pretty god-awful. And then, I mean, I've harped on this for a lot of the year. Um, I mentioned the fact that Kevin Harvick, they're going to have the announcement this week that uh, Josh Berry is going to take over his ride and probably it with who else is going to be involved in the announcement. I think uh, Rodney Childers will still be around as his crew chief. So that is a great situation for him because uh, to lose, you don't want to lose one of the best crew chiefs, one of the best people in the sport uh, in that sense. And now he gets to come in and kind of assimilate within that organization um hopefully can bring some outside um understanding and views and thoughts so that they can make some improvements but the rest of the Stuart Oz racing team has been absolute dog shit the whole year um there was a oh I think about a three or four week stretch where Chase Briscoe looked like he had life you know there was a Martinsville race where all of them were fast as hell uh none of them won the fucking race anyway but the 14 car last year ended the year with a lot of momentum. Uh, they were in a great spot to they were in a great spot to um, uh, win a few races in that playoff. Granted, it was on track position, but they started this year and they were they were terrible. There's been races, the Charlotte, the 600 race where they got nailed for the huge penalty. They probably had the worst race car on the whole entire racetrack. And that's pathetic. Um, Tony's sitting in the booth watching his cars all fall to the back. <laughs> of, course. Well, of course, Kevin Harvick is moves back up because he's Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers because it's 600 miles. But the 10 car was dog crap. The 41 was dog crap. And the 14 was the worst race car on the whole entire racetrack. The 41, I don't blame blame Ryan Priest. People are not big on Ryan Priest. And I think it's Northeast bias. It's any number of things. He's got Chad Johnson as his crew chief. I think that in itself gives him a pass. Um, they don't have great pace. I think that some of these racetracks, I think this weekend is a great example of a racetrack. He has won here before in trucks a couple of times. There are some racetracks coming up here in this next 10 races where Ryan Priest could actually make something happen. He has that kind of ability. You don't go and beat all these great drivers in the Northeast and in the modified tour without having talent um and he's beaten big names and he's beat and he's done it in the xfinity series too so i think he has a chance eric almirola is eric almirola i mean nobody gives the only reason he's still around is because smithfield likes him he really shouldn't be in a fucking cup car anymore and if smithfield had any had any clue they would just move their sponsorship either to josh barry or something and they would get the same return because josh barry's a good old he's a he's a guy from you know, humble beginnings and Tennessee, it fits the narrative. You'd get great marketing out of it. Taylor, Eric, Errol Morrow to eat a dick and leave, and they can go and get some ride buyer like Sammy Smith or whoever to go and jump in with full sponsorship and drive around and run 25th or get Zane Smith for that matter. Put him in there, run 25th every week the way that Eric Almirola does, and we wouldn't miss anything. Drew Blickensurfer is one of the most overrated crew chiefs on planet Earth. They could get rid of him and nothing would change. Um, But they're a terrible organization. I don't know what Tony thinks or cares about other than banging his wife and driving a top alcohol dragster. 
I think he puts way more energy in that than he does in yep. the cup effort and NASCAR. I also think that um, Gene Haas doesn't care about anything, but he has a shit ton of money, which tells you all you need to know. His Formula One team is mediocre. His cup team's mediocre. Make a fucking choice, asshole. You have mil- billions of dollars. Invest it, do something with it, and try to get your teams to be fast or get the fuck out and get somebody who actually wants to be involved in it. You know what I mean? Like, it's this is ridiculous to me to be this bad. I mean, Chase Briscoe, I don't like, I've said it 900 times on this show, I don't like John Klossmeyer. I don't think he's a bad person. But you talk about, oh, engineering, whatever. I'm sick of these engineer crew chiefs that don't know how to actually make calls. They have a good pit crew, one of the better pit crews on pit road. You have a driver who's hungry and wants to win in the worst way. You have to give him a race car to work with. If you can't give him a race car to work with, then get somebody who can. They have a crew chief in Xfinity that could gave that gave him a car that he won nine races with. And he's crew chiefing for fucking Riley Herbst. Riley Herbst is a drizzling shit. He's four foot tall. He's a fucking smurf. Nobody ca- you could give him you could give him a fucking watermelon from which is gonna go into the next team that has been and they could give him a watermelon, he'd run the same. You know? Get Cole Gold Custer's crew chief. I, I mean, I don't care. Put Boswell on the freaking car right now. Put Boswell there after this week for the Chicago road course, because it won't matter. Nobody has data outside of SIM. And their SIM data, obviously, is not great anyway. So put him on at Chicago. Start next week, and let's go, and let's get going here with nine races to go so that one or more of these cars could actually make the playoff when they're all in the middle of nowhere. That's my take, and I'm going to keep on yelling about it until they make that change, and they're not going to because Stuart Haas is a waste. Um, the other team that I think has been a disappointment and I think it's convenient, um, is, is, uh, track house, yeah, you know, that's uh, because Ross Chastain did the hail melon, got into the final four, finished second in points, had a career year. He hasn't won a race since last April. It's over a year it, that he's won a cup race. Um, he's had plenty of stuff go on since then. Um, Hendrick basically neutered him. I don't know if Chevy is not giving him the same level of support as they had last year. Uh, Daniel Suarez doesn't seem to be anywhere near as fast as he was last year. They seem to be struggling for pace and they're not the same team. And there's a, there's a strong possibility that, um, Suarez is going to miss the playoff, which would be a huge disappointment, but he's got a multi-year deal, him and Travis Mack. So, and they have that third car, which, um, I think at Chicago is going to be SVG. So take it for what it will, what you will. And then, but Ross Chastain hasn't won in over a year and he was really good early in the season. And then ever since, I don't even think it was the Hendrick thing happening with, with Larson, but prior to that, they started to fall off a bit and now they're not really doing anything. And when you're trying to compete against two of the major organizations in this sport, and then let's add Penske to the, to be that third, because you have two big, big, big drivers there. You're not going to fade Hendrick Gibbs and Penske. That's what is it? Three, five, seven drivers. You can't fade them without having performance or having something. And um, I'm concerned, greatly concerned about their viability in terms of long-term viability within the playoff this year. I don't think long, I mean, viability about that organization are definitely very viable. Um, Justin Marks is one of the best people right now in the sport. 
Mr. 305 is there, so you know he's going to be making music and whatever, but you need to be running well, and they're not running well right now. Uh, I've went on for a while, Josh, so um, I'll let you go and give your thoughts on overall whatever you want to talk about with that within the Cup Series so far this year. I mean, yeah, you gave a lot there, and yeah, I mean, I agree with you with Stuart Haas. I mean, not to continue piling on, but of course, you might say that they're the most disappointing cheaters because um, Chase Briscoe penalty uh, penalized for unapproved parts, and they were slower than they were without that. So, yeah, that tells you how disappointing it really is there. Um, but that's yeah, all, yeah, just terrible. Um, I mean, go down right down from the top of the list, and I mean, Ross Chastain, right, um, hasn't been anything basically been out to lunch since putting Kyle Larson in the wall at, at Darlington um, and riding on the fact that he just has a ton of stage points uh, this year. And that's why he's still fourth in points. I think otherwise he would be much, much lower in his teammate. Uh, Daniel Suarez, like you said, um, you know, a year ago, there was a handful of races where Daniel Suarez was a legitimate contender uh, to win, um, on, especially on the, the mile-and-a-half tracks. And this year, I mean, there's still only one spot out of the playoff, but uh, so I guess points-wise, I think they they might be where they were at a year ago, but um, they just not have been contending uh, really in any race uh, like they were last year. And I think the laps led count kind of tells the story. They only have 16 laps led uh, for Daniel Suarez. So, yeah, I think that's uh, a little disappointing there. Um, I think um, on the other end, yeah, on the other end of the standings, you know, you have uh, A.J. Allmendinger, who I thought would be better in his second try at a full-time ride, uh, but it's going about as good as his uh, first time you know, stint in the, the cup series or really this is actually his third full-time stint because, you know, he had that year where he was a part-time guy, uh, in 2012, 2013, uh, and then, you know, the 47 for a bit. And then now this is back, back to the cup series for a, th- a third stint. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it looks like he's, you know, kind of just throwing, mailing it in there, you know, last year, Xfinity and the year before that, you know, I thought he was pretty good, but, um, and in the Cup Series last year, I, th- I thought, you know, uh, in his attempts in, in the, uh, that car, I thought he had performed pretty decently. So, um, yeah, disappointing there for A.J. Allmendinger, almost as disappointing as um, the petty GMS cars. Um, you know, they, I think that's, as an organization, that's probably um, the most disappointing because they, they exceeded expectations last year. And now, you know, now they're going back to where, where they were a few years ago. Um, and you know, of course they have no, seems like they're kind of out to lunch and everything and just waiting for Toyota to come in and maybe give them some funding, um, and and everything and have better, better access to resources than what they currently have at Chevy, um, there. Uh, I think Austin Sindrick, you know, obviously won Daytona 500 last year, um, and hasn't really done anything this year. Um, I mean, granted didn't really do anything last year after the Daytona 500, but, um, you think when you're under your belt that you would be um more experienced and certainly performing better and of course it doesn't help that uh ford is not really that great this year overall but still um the lowest ranked penske car um not even in the top 20 in points uh, there um could argue cory lajoy i mean 
uh, they've been good in the seven car, but then the one time that he got a chance to be in a top ride, uh, he didn't really finish uh, that well. So you can argue that based on uh, that one race, even though, yeah, he didn't really have a lot of time, that that was an opportunity for him to really show how talented he was, and he disappointed in that effort. So um, I think that one looms large because, you know, people have been talking about for a few years that, you know, he's this un, you know, uncovered talent um, you know, he's kind of a hidden gem, if you will, I guess. And, you know, I think that that one run might have might have been enough for, uh, you know, other teams that are looking to maybe hire him out of the seven um, to potentially, you know, take over a different ride and um, might think might be thinking differently. But um, I mean, it's a little not not really fair to him in that regard, because there's only one race. But still, it's something to think about you know, pretty heavily. Uh, Harrison Burton obviously has not just not done well, 29th in points, you know, last year was doing, doing really bad as well, but, um, yeah, he's just continued to be poor in this, uh, in the cup series. I think he's probably, um, probably just has not done well overall in the cup series and wonder if he should just go back to racing in uh, Xfinity. So yeah, that's, um, that's another driver that's disappointing. Um, I think, Maybe there's other categories for levels of disappointing. I think you could you could qualify Denny Hamlin as a guy that's a disappointing driver this year because of just how much shit he talks on his podcast, and you'd think that he's the guy in the series. And yeah, he's eighth in points, right? Four top fives, a win, and six top tens, and two poles. Uh, but you could argue that um, based on how how he talks, that he should be in the top three in the standings. Uh, so. That's why I could say, so it's not most disappointing or anything, but certainly there is maybe a level of disappointment based on just how much he talks. Um, then Kyle Larson, not really disappointing, so as much as it is uh, missed opportunities level of disappointing because uh, I think they've had a lot of speed this year uh, and they just haven't been able to capitalize on on that speed entirely. You know, had Fontana, the engine problem there, uh, Las Vegas leading with, a handful of laps to go and lose it on the uh, restart uh, there, um, taking out at Bristol Dirt, uh, Talladega, Dover. So for him, you know, he probably has like at least three to four wins um, left on the table. He's already got uh, two this year. So um, you could think of him as somebody that has had good speed, as as good as uh, the 24 and uh, the rest of, you know, Martin Truex and Kyle Busch and Ryan Blaney, but they've just had – uh, a lot of misfortune so from that perspective definitely somewhat disappointing but you know they're not, don't really have too much to worry about obviously they're in they're in the playoffs and everything so they can focus on uh closing races for the rest of the year uh for the rest of the regular season and go into the playoffs and and try to get a, another title so um a different level of disappointing there i could say but um yeah and then um yeah i think think that's you know all the all the drivers there that i think we we know have been pretty disappointing you know so far uh to start the year so we'll see how the second half of regular season now with uh nbc going to nashville so we'll see how uh those drivers that they can turn around and make a run and let's see some of these other guys at the top um is this the peak for them for this year or you know potentially uh can they continue on um you know for guys like William Byron, Martin Truex, can they continue on their 
performance or are they going to start seeing some inconsistencies throughout the summer? Obviously, the summer is, tends to be somewhat volatile uh, when it comes to performances uh, on a week-to-week basis, and we see a lot of surprise winners, it feels like, um, it seems like, you know, during during this part of the year. So uh, interested to see kind of how the trajectories change, or do they stay the same you know, as we get ready, you know, for the NASCAR playoffs and, uh, you know, the end of August, September. Definitely uh, something that with some of the wild card races that are coming up, Chicago street course, uh, you're going to have Atlanta super speedway type uh, slot car racing, Daytona to end the regular season. Uh, Some of these other racetracks that they only go to once a year, like Michigan, New Hampshire, those are all kind of races that you have to look at Pocono of course um uh yeah they're gonna have multiple road courses there so you have three road course races coming up here in this uh, batch and then you have a bunch of kind of one-off type deals with as I mentioned with New Hampshire Atlanta or um, Atlanta and Daytona are two different types of super speedways Nashville New Hampshire Pocono and Michigan uh, before the two road races leading into the Daytona playoff uh, or cutoff there. Let's get into the roundup. As I mentioned earlier, uh, Jorge Martin gets a victory by 64 thousandths of a second over defending series champion Peko Bagnaya. Uh, the Pramac uh, Ducati team gets two out of three on the podium. Johan Zarco, Marco Bisecchi, and Luca Marini gives a top five sweep for the Ducatis. Jack Miller, the best of the rest with the, his KTM, but you round through the rest of it, eight Ducatis in the top nine, one KTM, one Aprilia, which was the um, satellite Aprilia team, R- RF Racing or whatever the hell they are, RAF Racing, Miguel Oliveira, Yamaha's finished 12th and 13th. What a cluster they are. And there was only one Honda in the race with Taka Nakagami after Mark Marquez, the king of the socks and ring, crashed and got injured. So a pretty terrible situation there. Uh, 16 points, Peko Bagnaya, the leader over Jorge Martin. Uh, it's basically a battle between those two guys. Uh, 34 points on Bisecki, 51 on Zarco. Um, Ducati's going to win the the title for sure uh, right now the battle for the team's championship Pramac uh, because they have the most solid duo uh, is leading over team VR46 and the Ducati factory team uh, is third they're only 11 points uh, ahead of KTM so that's something to look at Aprilia and Yamaha are in a battle for fifth and sixth then you go from there um, constructors it's not a discussion really ducati because they have the most bikes but then they have the best bike so um so that's it <laughs> they're going to austin this coming weekend so it's going to be a one of the best uh races of the year hopefully uh, it's one of the biggest challenges in in um, all of moto gp to go and race there uh, some of the biggest names have won there so um, that'll be something to look at in more detail. Uh, I mentioned the points already for MotoGP, uh, so we'll get into Moto2, and then yes, the results, let's get into that. So the for Moto2, uh, 
Pedro Costa gets the victory by 2.73 seconds over Tony Arbolino. Um, Arbolino and Jake Dixon pretty close there to round out the podium. Somkiat Chantra and Alonzo Lopez round out the top five. And none of the Americans scored points. Sean Dillon Kelly did finish uh, the race, though. Uh, finished in 17th. He was eight seconds off of a possible point. Um, Joe Roberts crashed with seven laps to go. So the points for them will go into... Where we go? Yeah. No, that's not what I'm trying to look for. In the championship standings. And Moto2. Arbolino leads by 15 over Pedro Acosta. The battle for third is pretty condensed. Uh, you have Alonzo Lopez by three over Dixon. Philippe Salek is in fifth, 10 points back from third. And Aaron Kinnett, Chantra, Lowe's is, what is it, 29 points out there. So that's something to look at. Robert, 17th in points. SDK has not scored a point as of yet. Riding the OnlyFans American Racing Team. That's quite a combination. Uh, okay, um, move on to supercars at Hidden Valley. As I said, uh, um, not shocking the way this whole season has been. The Chevys dominated, um, so that was that isn't shock. It's pretty interesting how that's worked out. The race results so far. So yeah, going from Darwin Triple Crown. Uh, Mark Winterbottom gets his first win of 2023 for the Team 18 DeWalt Chevy. Brock Feeney wins race two for Red Bull. He's the leading winner so far this year with four wins now. And Jack LeBrock for Truck Assist Racing, uh, the old uh, Gary Rogers Motorsports team, uh, gets his first win of the season. So credit to them in terms of pole positions uh last week for cam waters got the pole for race race one brock feeney race two and jack lebrock race three so that's the situation with that the championship points as they move on for the next race uh brody kostecki continues to lead will brown his coca-cola by Erebus chevy teammate by 59 points. Brock Feeney is third ahead of Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, 91 points out of the lead. Shane Van Gisbergen's fourth, 110 out. Chaz Mostert, the best Ford uh, runner for Walkinshaw and Andretti United, 179 points out in fifth. Cam Waters is in seventh. Jack LeBrock moves up to eighth, and Mark Winterbottom moves up to 11th after his win uh, this past weekend there. Their next race will be in uh townsville and um that'll be a couple in about two three weeks from now so they'll have a couple races in july they'll be racing at townsville on the street circuit there and then they'll race sydney motorsports park eastern creek legendary circuit there so a couple of races in the month of july for them in the next race at road america and we'll uh get into that the results from the race at Road America. Nolan Siegel gets the victory over Jacob Abel and Hunter McElray. Reese Gold, James Rowe, the top five. Kiffin Simpson qualified on pole and Colin Kaminsky was second, but they ended up getting buried. 
Um, Ernie Francis Jr. started 15, finished 12th. Uh, Jamie Chadwick went the other way, started 9th, but finished 15th. Only two cars fell out of the race, Rasmus Lind and Christian Rasmussen. So the point standing is Nolan Siegel makes a huge gain by getting his victory while Rasmussen fell out. Uh, 40-point lead now for Siegel over his teammate. McElroy is 16 points, I believe. Yeah, yeah, 16 points in out in third. He's five points out of Jacob Abel. Daniel Frost giving HMD Motorsports four out of the top five. Reese Gold giving him five out of the top six. Uh, Ernie Francis Jr. is in 10th in points. And then Jamie Chadwick, 17th in points. They'll be racing at Mid-Ohio in a couple weeks' time. Six hours at the Glen for IMSA. First race back for them in uh, since May. So that'll be nice to see them. Back on, uh, uh, they have CS standing, blah, 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 da, da, schedule. They'll be racing on uh, you know, Sunday. They'll have that on USA. They'll have the first portion of the race on uh, on Peacock. And then they'll have, or IMSA TV, that's in, Uni- or United States, you have to be on Peacock. But then if you're, you can see it on IMSA TV. And then from 2 to 5, will be on USA on Sunday as a lead-in to uh, Nashville for the Cup Series. There's going to be, for the six hours at the Glen, 57 entries for the six hours at the Glen, which is amazing to see. Uh, Eight, or is it, nine prototypes, uh, GTP cars, three Porsches, uh, two Cadillacs, two Acuras, and two BMWs, uh, usual suspects, of course. Ricky Taylor, Philippe Albuquerque, Louis Delatraz for Konica Mendolta Acura, and Pippo Durrani, Alexander Sims, Jack Aitken for Whalen Engineering Cadillac. The only two teams running or having three drivers listed, everybody else running only two. Uh, that includes Mike Rockefeller and Vanderhelm for JDC Miller and the uh, privately uh, run J- uh, Porsche there. Nine entries in LMP2, the winners at uh, Le Mans, the CrowdStrike racing by APR team of George Kurtz, Ben Hanley, Nolan Siegel, as I mentioned earlier, the Indy Next driver, he's a silver. George Kurtz, the uh, man who runs CrowdStrike, uh, because he needs a driver because his usual driver is Colin Brown uh, in other series. So he gets the Indy Lights points leader. You have Tower Motorsports, TDS with two cars. They have Pearson, Guido Vandergaard. They need a third driver there. High class racing. Rick Ware will have Lux, DeFrancesco, and Pietro Fittipaldi. Um, and PR1 Matheson, Ben Keating. And then AF Course is actually going to run a car this uh, this weekend, uh, Luis Perez Compnac, Lilo Wadu, and Nicholas Nielsen, number 88, uh, all Orcas. In LMP3, there will be 10 cars in that uh, field. Uh, one of the teams, of course, is the Riley team. They're going to be moving up to LMP2 along with um, United Autosports is going to move from WEC over to LMP2. So that'll be great for that category. Erasmus Lind, another Indy Lights driver, driving for JDC Miller. Um, Andrew Pinkerton, a sim racer, uh, drove in uh, in the Dinner with Racers series. He'll be driving for MLT Motorsports. Looking through some of these other 
ones, Andretti Autosport, they were in the GT category and got destroyed at Laguna Seca. Uh, Jared Andretti will be back in the LMP3. Gabby Chavez, Glenn Van Berlo. Uh, look through some of these. Same usual people there. GT Pro will have nine entries. You'll have the BMW 95. The 95 BMW is being entered in the Turner Motorsport in the pro category again. Bill Oberlin, Chandler Hull, John Edwards, the drivers. So we'll see how fast they can be there. Uh, the Corvette Racing Team, number three, Garcia and Taylor. FAP Motorsports, Klaus Bockler, Patrick Pile, the Vassar Sullivan Lexus. Hawksford Barnacote, Harder Racing Aston. Uh, uh, AF Corsa Ferrari, Simon Mann, Miguel Molina, and some guy I've never heard of. Risi Competizioni, Ferrari with Daniel Serra and Davide Rigon, Andrea Calderari and Jordan Pepper in the Iron Lynx Lambo, and Daniel Junkanella and Jules Gunyan in the WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. And then the biggest category, 20 cars in the GT Daytona. Um, trying to look through here. Racer's Edge will be there because it's the Endurance Cup. The Iron Dames will be racing. This weekend, Rahel Frey, Michelle Gadding, and Dorian Pin, uh, after coming so close to a podium at Le Mans, Forte Racing, Lamborghini, Wright Motorsports, and Zarin Gradient, Yashina Monk, Catherine Legg, Mark Miller, uh, when the 47 car is going to run again, um, Magnus Racing, John Potter, Andy Lally, Spencer, Pump Alley. Trying to go through, look through some of the other people, Tree. Triarci Competition, another Ferrari team. Never even though that guy's the owner, the gentleman driver. Yeah, so big field. Interesting to see how qualifying will go. Uh, it's kind of why I wanted to go for this race <laughs> as a fan because I knew it was going to be a huge turnout. I think I think I'm waiting. Waiting another year is not so bad because there's going to be more GTPs out there and more LMP2s. Hopefully, there'll be less GT cars uh, at that point. So maybe more pro category GT cars by that point. Uh, Rally Kenya to go into the point standings uh, for the WRC out of that's going for WRC duck. yeah point standings going into this race uh the safari rally trying to go and see here yeah cali rovampera leads the championship by 25 points and he's 33 point over terry newville and 33 points on otanak uh, they'll be raced they'll start their um race at on thursday morning so that'll we'll see how that goes I try to go bring up data, the entry list for them. Amended entry list. Okay. Yeah. So 34 cars, 34 cars in the race overall, but one, two, three, 10 in the rally one category. That'll be the, there'll be three M sport Ford Pumas. There'll be three, four Toyotas. So that. Wait, so it says 10, but then there's three, or no, three Fords, three Fords, four Toyotas, and three Hyundais. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, that Sebastian Ogier is going to be racing along with the regulars uh, at with Cali Rovampera, Efren Evans, and the Tom Takamoto Katsuda. 
Hyundai, Terry Neuville, Asapekka Lappi, and Daniel Sordo. And then I mentioned Otanak, Pierre-Louis Loubet, and Jordan Serdaritis for um, Ford. The um, rally two category is the, the majority of the field, though. Plenty of great competition in that. Uh, you're going to have uh, Oliver Solberg in that. You're going to have Martin Prokop, another former World Rally driver. And trying to see who else stands out there. Some of these other names. There has been some other solid. A lot of uh, African-based uh, teams running this rally, of course, local. So that'll be something. Uh, Canadian duos actually running. Uh, yeah, so there's that's about it with that. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, Formula E in Portland. Uh, big deal. Uh, first time outside of New York that they've run in a for in the US. So that'll be something we'll see what they do with that circuit. Uh, I typed it in wrong. And then the Southwire Portland Epre, um 3 days away doing this of course on Monday. Um coming off of a weekend where the Maserati team finally showed up. Uh so that's something to look at. Pascal Verline Leads by one point over Jake Dennis, uh, six points over Nick Cassidy. Mitch Evans is in fourth, John Eric Verne in fifth, Antonio Felix da Costa, Maximilian Gunther, Sam Bird, Buemi, and Jake Hughes round out the top 10. It's been a topsy turvy recent uh, races. Dennis has been the most con- been the most consistent in recent rounds. Uh, Cassidy had a couple of wins in rounds eight and nine, and then didn't have much to show for it. The last couple of rounds uh, did have a fastest lap. Uh, Verline had a win in round 10, but otherwise has had a rough go of it. Mitch Evans, three uh, top fives, uh, sandwiching a, around a DNF. Vern has fallen off here in recent races. Uh, so has Antonio Felix da Costa, while Gunther after what has been had been a really bad start to the year for the Maserati team, gets a P3 with a pole and then a win with a pole uh, in the last round of the championship to bring himself back up all the way to seventh. So it's interesting. We'll see what happens with that. Um, you have, what was it, how many people? Uh, so he's, yeah, he fell out, Kelvin Vanderlinda, but he was, I don't know how many of these guys, yeah, apt Formula E. So yeah, he's a, he came in for a couple of races. Uh, Roberto Mayer, he is going to be driving for Mahindra for the rest of the year. I think, no, Beckman is not going to be running for them. The, I think, uh, or maybe David Beckman is running for them the rest of the year. Okay. Oh no, Andre Lauderer. That's why, because he was got his, he had his um, IMSA, um, or not IMSA, but WEC stuff he had to do. We'll see with all that, but we'll get into the points and what happens at Portland next next race. And F1 Academy, get into the points there just to finish that off. Uh, nobody is watching it. Coming off the news that they put the um, W Series in into uh bankruptcy or whatever so that's unfortunate for that series after what they uh, provided for uh women drivers uh, marta garcia uh, has had a pretty strong season uh, she leads by uh, 41 points over hamda al kabasi bueller or bueller 
Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. That's Bueller, probably. Um, and third, Abby Pulling and Amda L. Kabasi in fifth. They still they're gonna run at Zanfort in here this coming weekend. Then they'll run in a couple of weeks at Monza in just over a month's time in France, and then take a couple months off and run at Austin to end their season. Getting all those things next week on the GSP. Uh, let's go and preview NASCAR Triple. All right, so let's go and get into the uh, races at Nashville this coming weekend. Josh, bring you back in here. Start with trucks, the Rackley Roofing uh, 200 Friday night, 38 trucks for 30 spots. Go and get into this. Uh, Tony Breidinger is going to be driving the one for uh, Tricon. They don't have anybody announced, it looks like, for the 0-2 for Young's. Uh, go through some of these other people. Corey Roper's back in his own truck. And um, Trey Hutchins attempting. We'll see if he does stay in the field. Nick Leitz will be driving the 24 Young's Motorsports. Reume Brothers right now are on the entry list, but entirely possible they may not be here in a couple days' time. Jonathan Schaefer in the 30 for On Point Motorsports. Uh, Bailey Curry in the 41 for Nice, uh, Jack Wood in the 51 for Kyle Busch Motorsports, Jake Drew running the 66 for Thor Sport, Timmy Hill back in the 56 for his, the family team, uh, Justin Carroll making another appearance in his family run number 90, and then Memphis Villarreal in the, in the POS 46 truck. So there's definitely a few people I figure uh, the Reum brothers are probably going to not stay in the field so that that POS 46 truck can make it. But to be determined. Uh, I mean, we we talked about it earlier in terms of what's gone on so far this year in terms of the truck series. A lot of different drivers have won. Uh, Corey Heim, it says, is going to be there. So it's interesting to see what he'll do after having a few weeks off. But who are you looking at, Josh, in terms of people we should... We'll get as a favorite and wild card for this truck series event at at Nashville. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a um, short list here. I mean, I think truck series is you know very limited in you know who can actually uh, compete. But um, I mean, I I think you know Zane Smith is always the guy that you got to look at here who can uh, win uh, at any track, and so. I mean, I think he's a he's a guy you want to look at in the uh, truck series as somebody who can win at Nashville, of course. Uh, well, finished second there last year uh, in this race, and twenty twenty one finished in trying to look it up here just to finish in fourth. So he's pretty strong here at this racetrack as he is at many tracks here uh, in the series. So um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna you know go with him weekend of course he's you know pretty safe pick there but um i i I think uh you know he's been a little bit quiet though recently in the truck series so um i'll go with go with him uh to win this weekend um you know third in points so not that quiet but i just haven't heard from him as much lately uh so you know go with him uh and then you know i'm gonna go uh i'll i'll go with uh let me see here in the standings um 
you know, I'll go with Jake Garcia here. I want, I want to see, we talked about him earlier in the show, um, being one of the better rookies here in the truck series. Um, let's see if he can get a, another top 10 here and maybe climb up a spot here in the standing. So uh, I want to see how we can do here this weekend. Uh, Nashville could be a good track for him. Um, it seems like it's one of those wild card tracks like we talked about earlier. So anything can happen this weekend, but yeah, definitely looking forward to see how, how he does, uh, you know, as they kind of get ready for the last couple races here before they make the playoffs. Oh, great. And finger, uh, and Jake Garcia, right? So no, uh, Zane Smith, Zane Smith. Okay. Cause they said, so Zane Smith. Yeah. Um, and Jake Garcia. So, I mean, Zane Smith, uh, in terms of playoff play, I mean, he's been, it's, it's true. He's been, it, it makes sense. Cause you, cause it's been a little bit off. I, I think being spread thin with running the cup car might've thrown some things off, but they have to start committing, uh, to this truck effort to try to repeat. So I figure front row with Chris Lawson and, and company will go and, and do that here at Nashville. Now for me, in terms of who I think is going to win, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Nick Sanchez. I think it finally happens. He finally gets his first career win in uh, the Truck Series, um, and he locks himself into the the title race. I mean, they've been fast at a lot of racetracks this year. I have a hard time believing that they won't be at Nashville, and they've had all this time to prepare. All right, now you look at the point standings. We're going to go through here. Oh, you got before um, the top 12. You said Jake Garcia. You usually go with him. I'm going to go with him this week. I'm going to go with Raja Karuth. Why not? Um, yeah. Yeah, so Raja Karuth, one of these days, I figure, takes, uh, uh, takes that next step. He does have experience. At this racetrack, he raced as a teammate with Nick Sanchez last year in the ARCA series. So um, we'll see if they can bring it around. I know that GMS wants to have more than one representative in the playoff. So one way to do it is given the two rookies, uh, Roger Ruth, Daniel Dye, some fast race trucks. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, okay, Xfinity Series, 41 cars for 38 spots. Um Speaking of being spread too thin, Zane Smith's going to be running in the 28 for uh, the Siegs. So guess we get into that. Also noticed offhand by unintentionally that the Formula E is going to run at Portland International Raceway. So that'll be interesting to look at. They're going to amend turn seven a little bit. So it isn't like what they ran for NASCAR or what they're going to run for IndyCar. But be curious to see what kind of times they put up there at a fully permanent circuit uh, on at Portland International Raceway. Uh, Tennessee Lottery 250, they'll be running that one on Saturday, and 41 for 38. St. Smith will be driving, as I mentioned, the RSS 28, which comes off of victory the last time out. Carson Hosevar for Spire will be running the 77. Ty Dillon will run again in the four-car for JD Motorsports, Stefan Parsons back in the 07 for SS Greenlight. The 08 will actually have Mason Massey in the SS Greenlight number eight. 08, AJ Allmendinger uh, drive in the 10 for Colleague. 
Uh, Keebler Gibbs in the 19 for, of course, his grandpa. And Connor Mozak. And Kyle Sieg will be running at number 29 for RSS Racing. Parker Retzlaff after uh, falling out of the race early last time out. Emerling Gase. I think they announced somebody's... I forget who they said was going to get into. Yeah, David Starr. So lovely. Um, David Starr is going to be attempting in the 35 for um, Emerling Gase. Joe Graff is in the 38. Uh, Sage Karam will be driving the 44 for Alpha Prime. CJ McLaughlin in the 53. Chad Fincham in the 66. Dawson Cram in the 74. Uh, Chad Chastain in the 91. So those are all the change uh, change up drivers there. Uh, for me, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with uh, John Hunter Nemechek to get the victory. I don't think that it's that big of a stretch. Uh, they'll be running in the afternoon, so it'll be a bit slicker. Uh, they run qualifying midday. The practice is gonna be in the evening right before trucks race so they're not really going to get a fully accurate return on what they're going to have for the race itself until the end maybe uh in terms of who 19 so uh for a wild card for me i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with brett moffitt uh they're they have had fast race cars at times this year so it's now we're getting into crunch time for the playoffs they have 12 races to go so they have more races than anybody but you want to start building that momentum and um i figure that's where they'll they'll be able to put it out there so jhn to win and uh, moffitt wildcard what say you josh yeah i think you know you had some good picks there john here but uh you know i'm uh i'm gonna go a little bit different here i'm gonna say that you know, I think Josh Berry, I'm going to go with him. It's a little little bit out there because of what we talked about earlier. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's done enough this year where they could, could win. Um, I think you know, this is a home track for him from Tennessee uh, and everything. And, obviously, just uh, announced or will be announcing because, uh, you know, they basically all but confirmed the rumors. Now all that's left is the actual announcement deal but uh you know they will go to the number four for harvard next year like we talked about earlier so um if he wins on saturday be pretty fitting uh for uh that announcement of course so yeah go with uh number eight here he's due for a win uh here in the xfinity series uh, hasn't won yet this year so go with him and then my wild card uh i'll go with carson hosevar uh who's in the 77 this week for spire did Really impressive uh, in his uh, run uh, back at Charlotte, you know, about three weeks ago now. So, um, really, really good in uh, his attempt here in the Xfinity, or in the Xfinity series so far. So, yeah, I think and another track here that's really challenging. Um, uh, it's a very, you know, very much kind of a driver's track here at Nashville. Kind of, I mean, Charlotte has kind of turned into that, you know, as of late. So, I'll say Hosevar, and I think. On the other end of that, I think Josevar ends up being the uh, replacement for Josh Berry next year in the Xfinity Series. I think that's probably what will happen there. Um, they probably get sponsorship from WWX or whatever he's sponsored in the Xfinity Series or Chuck Series that they also sponsor with Chastain and Cup. So I think that's probably given there. So um, 
kind of kind of a fitting uh way to pick uh for yeah for this weekend here at Xfinity in Nashville. It's interesting. I was thinking about going with Barry, but I'm like, I don't know if uh, after making that announcement, if the momentum, what will happen momentum wise. But I was like, I kind of wanted to pick him, but I went with John Hunter Nemechek and went a little safer. Um, I didn't really want to peak Keebler Gibbs because I figure he's going to dominate, but whatever. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. And then Josevar, yeah, I, I agree. Likely, very highly likely that... Uh, He's going to get that call uh, to go up to Xfinity and go to Junior Motorsports, which will be a big deal for him in his career. Okay, so let's go to, I talked about that. Let's get into the Cup Series, the Ally 400. They'll be running Friday Friday night. Uh, they'll be uh, They'll be running practice on Friday night. They'll run qualifying in on saturday afternoon prior to the xfinity race and then they'll race on sunday night interesting scheduling there um get into let's get the get the points out there josh you can go first uh what you're thinking um in regards to the ally 400 at nashville first race for nbc yep um yeah it's gonna be interesting there uh this weekend now, now that they're doing a full-time night race and everything, so we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I think it's going to end up being a track position type of race um, there this weekend. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. I think you know he had a he had a good run last year in the, at this race, and I think he probably should have won this one. Um, you know, it'd be interesting, too, um, if he does win, because he'll talk about it on his show and everything so i think that'd be interesting there but um i think you know they they've had some good mile and a half speed as well this year so uh i mean nashville's not quite a mile and a half track but uh kind of kind of in the same shape nonetheless um and it's definitely a driver's track where you have to really work the throttle down and you know he's definitely one of those guys so yeah i'll go with denny this weekend um wild you know wild card for this weekend uh let me i'll pull the standings back up here in truck or in in uh in cup but let me see i've got got a pick uh hold on 23 okay no uh yeah i'm gonna go with uh justin haley yeah outside the top 25 or top 20 right now so um yeah, he's. I think he's. Even though he's three spots below AJ Allmendinger, I think he's done a little bit better uh, than him performance-wise for the season. So go with him as a wild card. This you know might be might be a track for him where he can do do really well. Uh, so we'll see if he can. Yeah, you know, say top top fifteen would be a solid day for him if he's able to do it. So yeah, I'll, I'll pick with uh, Justin Haley. Maybe a, a surprise pick on Sunday night. Yeah, that's an interesting pick there. Uh, definitely something we can look at. It'll give us uh, uh, something because you look at the way that uh, uh, whatever colleague has been this year, uh, they need something to happen. 
I mean, if we're going based on, well, he's, a, well, that actually cancels him out because it's saving. Because you have, what is it, 26? I mean, you, 25. you have a technicality there as well. Right? Yeah, I do. I do. I, and I, that's why I'm, I was trying to, I was trying to look at the one technicality, um, because we're going through here. 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. So, yeah. So, yeah, in theory, in theory, if we're talking about everybody who has run uh, all the races, there's only been 30 drivers that have run all the races. So it's really the top 15. And that's what I thought, and I was thinking you were going to go that way uh, with your wild card. You I went can't a amend it. Yeah, you, you're, you can amend it. Um, I'll give you that chance because I'm hemming and hawing a little bit, but... All right, uh, if, if we're allowed to amend, then... You know what? I'm gonna go. I'll change that. Then we can we can do that here. Uh, yeah. I will fade Justin Haley, and I will go with Daniel Suarez here. Oh, yeah. Didn't That's, I? No, I'm I'm letting you have the other pick there in the technicality. I'm let. I'm gonna go because with, there's because there's two technicalities. Yeah, there's there, two but, technicalities, but so, you know, I. I and, I like him. He's he's got Tootsies on there. They're the bar in Nashville, so. Uh, you know, that'd be good press if he won. Yeah, even though most of them are like, what's the hell that Mexican driving that dang <laughs> Tootsie's car? You know, it doesn't fit the whole narrative for them idiots. But um, yeah, for me, I'm going to go, speaking of somebody who probably spent plenty of time at Tootsie's, um, I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney as my winner for this uh, weekend at Nashville. And he gets an off week. Got to spend it with his smoking hot girlfriend and um, you know, YRB to win. And um, my wild card is going to be William Clyde Elliott uh, because he's 29th in points and that's it. Um, he's not going to be eligible once. I, what's going to happen is both William Clyde Elliott and Alex Bowman. Right now, Alex Bowman is technically outside of that but I think he's going to point himself in above it. So then he's going to cancel himself out and then he's eventually going to win. And then Clyde's going to win. And then both of them are canceled. So then that means we're going to have to move our, we're really going to be picking the bottom of the barrel here in a few weeks time. Once both of them, um, take care of their business. So, uh, pick William Clyde Elliott while we still have a chance. Um, I didn't pick Alex Bowman because I'm not so sure about him at Nashville compared to Clyde, who is the defending race winner, and he's 29th in points. So uh, that's it. Those are our picks. So, Josh, it's your time. Uh, let us know what's going on in the world of sim racing, uh, iRacing, and uh, uh, F123. A lot of talk in the Grid Talk group about the F123 and then other gaming platforms there. Yeah, I mean, you bring that up, and, um, yeah, that's coming out. Uh, now so um that'll be that'll be out here i mean it's out on june june 16th already so it's yeah it's been released now so gotta go and uh try and download it but um the story mode should be interesting here um yeah i i like the story mode in f121 uh a couple from or f1 yeah f121 a couple years ago and uh f122's storyline was pretty good but you know the breaking point uh, Aiden Jackson, the protagonist and the antagonist, and now your retired uh, driver there, 
uh, in that story, all making appearances. So that should be interesting. Um, but really, the um, the handling I think is what I'm looking for. Um, seeing if uh, it becomes better than what it was last year, more realistic uh, here. And you know, an interesting thing here is that um, iRacing, you know, they have the safety rating system that they use to rank drivers uh, as far as you know license class, and uh, they're expanding that uh, into this. Uh, series here this year so that should be interesting because i've seen videos online and i've played online a couple of times with f122 and you know things get pretty sketchy at some points uh so i'm i'm looking to see how uh they you know implement that and does that improve the quality of of racing uh you know on online uh there so that that's kind of what i'm i'm looking for uh in terms of safety rating and how that improves uh improves the game um, they've got all kinds of other, um, games or, well, I guess features, um, the F1 world that I guess was the F1 life last year. Um, and kind of just, uh, I think it's just the thing where you literally collect like goods and items and make yourself, your character, um, purchase like rich, rich people stuff or whatever, which I don't know if I'd be really interested in. So there's still some of that aspect in there that I'm not sure I, I like, but yeah, I'm definitely looking for, um, the handling, uh, aspect and how realistic it is compared, you know, to, um, how it was last year and, you know, how, how do we compare it to, cause I mean, I obviously iRacing has had a couple of F1 cars out there. Uh, how does it compare in terms of driving, uh, to that? Um, so I'm looking, looking to see how that goes. Um, it seems like from, the scores seems like it's getting most generally uh, favorable reviews, so seemingly it should be should be a interesting one there at least you know four four out of five stars uh, somewhere around there. So yeah, pretty solid job and um, definitely try to look at getting one of the editions of the game. Haven't decided if I'm gonna get it on PC or on PlayStation. So um, either get it on PlayStation, maybe play with some friends there, get it on PC and I can hook up my wheel to it or something like that. So haven't decided yet, but I'll try to figure that one out soon. Um, but yeah, should be, should be a good game and definitely looking at, uh, getting that one and, uh, you know, getting in, getting into it like all the other people on YouTube, you know, probably are right now. So look into that. Um, and then of course I racing, you know, the normal schedule back to, you know, season three now and I racing. So, uh, in 2023. So, uh, you've got the trucks, Xfinity and cup all at, uh, Nashville super speedway, uh, this weekend. Um, good track there. Uh, I did pretty well in the Indy cars when I did that one. So I want to be able to, and I, I don't think I've ever raced it on Nashville in, uh, the cup side or the Xfinity side. So definitely want to try and get in on there. Um, I don't know about the trucks. Trucks is almost like the truck series in real life and everybody runs over each other there so not sure if i want to do trucks uh really um you have the formula fours at lime rock park always a good one um you got uh global M yeah the Mazda mx5 at uh laguna seca uh the gt4 challenge at the watkins Glen international with the boot so i think they're kind of trying to mimic the six hours of the Glen there with that series um, the 87 cars at old Texas motor speedway, uh, with, you know, prior to repaving that, um, let's see if, yeah, series list here, see some of the other races. Um, we've got 
Uh, we got, let's see, the Arkham Menards series at Pocono, the Gen 4 cars at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, we got the Formula IR uh, series at Olden Park, and then the Delara Dash at Texas Motor Speedway. And the interesting thing there is that the Delara Dash and the Formula IR cars go 250 in the draft. So um, Texas Motor Speedway, 250 in the draft, kind of going back to the old days of kart in 01 and 2000 where they were going that fast there. Uh, Darlington, so you've got the Indy cars at Darlington for some reason, so that might be funny. Uh, I don't know why. That's kind of interesting there, but it'd be definitely single groove racing. The current Indy car? Yes, the Delara IR18 at Darlington. Wow, that's that. Hey, you know what? If it works, then then we have another option for Indy cars. Uh, yeah, I think they would rather go to the, Richmond, maybe, or because it's such a four <laughs> fest there for Cup. Yeah, but you know, maybe Richmond or I don't know Michigan or the Milwaukee Mile where Roger Penske was this past weekend, not at Road America during race day. Uh, time adjusty when the ASA stars tour, but okay, just uh, just a yeah, few other I, I know, that they I, might want to go to. No, I know that, but um, yeah, I mean, it's shocking that they would put the Indy cars at at Darlington. Um, I don't, I really, there's, I don't really know how you'd be able to pass, um, because it's a single groove racetrack and it works for NASCAR because you can, you know, just fence somebody or dive bomb them in turn one, and I feel like Indy car there's there's a not a whole lot of room for error. Um, like there is a NASCAR at Darlington. So I don't know how that one will work. Um, but I mean, I think they've done it in the past, so I'm not surprised by it, but it's just, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting and I've never attempted it. So I don't know how, how it will go, but maybe I will, we'll see. Um, gen four cup at Indianapolis, like we said earlier, um, yeah, looking through this. Yeah. I think this is all the series that I'm really interested in. So yeah, as always, you know, plenty of choices, plenty of variety, uh, of things to play on and race on with iRacing and, you know, of course, other games, F123. So, um, yeah, looking forward to being able to play F123 when I'm, once, um, I'll try to do it this week. Uh, yeah, iRacing, as always, being able to do that, always fun. So, yeah, that's probably it for sim racing, you know, the segment this week. So, you know, go ahead and start closing out, but you can always go ahead and follow, uh, Twitch TV slash Sailor 2 Go on there, follow all my stuff for uh, sim racing and everything. See all when I decide to stream and whatnot. So go in there and hit follow, and I'll make sure to share when I stream. Um, of course, got my Twitter account at JP Huffine on Twitter. Go in there and uh, you know follow me and um, see all what I have to say or am interested in. Um, of course, follow uh, our Gripship Podcast YouTube channel. Go in there and and talk you know see what we have to say and we'll have our tommy kendall and in, uh interview up there as well and go on there and see him talk to us and and everything so yeah go on there subscribe like comment view the page and yeah that's uh that's all i got this week so it's always glad to be back and glad glad to you know be able to discuss and everything so yeah that's that's all i got absolutely man wouldn't do it with anyone else as i always say have fun. We talk about all things, all different motorsports, month away from football. So that'll definitely start picking up since there's no hockey or basketball anymore. Uh, and baseball is not looking to do good either. Um, 
You can find me at PGMatthew28 on Twitter. You can find me at PhilipGMatthew28 on Instagram. Uh, you can find us at GripstripPod on Twitter. Josh, of course, mentioned the YouTube page where we po- post the video stream of the show. Uh, you can find the podcast on Podbean, which is the host site. We can also find it um, at on PhilipGMatthew.com. And basically anywhere you hear podcasts, you can get the Gritzer podcast and get some of the other podcasts, uh, people that have been on the show and we go and guest on like grid talk, um, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be back next week for episode 175 of the Gritzer podcast. We'll review Nashville, all three races there. We'll talk about, uh, we'll preview IndyCar at mid Ohio formula one at Austria and uh, review all the racing that took place in the roundup. Asin for MotoGP Moto2, uh, IMSA six hours at the Glen, uh, Formula E at Portland, which I might actually want to watch because it'll be on an actual circuit. Um, and whatever else is coming along here uh, leading into Independence Day uh, 1776, we order champs. Um, with that, uh, for Josh, I'm Phil. Thanks for listening to Gripster Podcast. Take care and goodbye.